In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve succumbed to the serpent's lies, the devil took possession of the world, usurping the rule of its creator. The Triduum is God's great exorcism of the world, in which the unhappy devil is cast out, his power shattered. Each part of the Triduum presents a different facet of this redemption, all together forming the precious jewel of our salvation. The liturgy of the Triduum is an integral whole, one single liturgy, not several. Its elements are not discrete and separable. Each presents a different view of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in each we may find healing and freedom for every moment of our lives. At the heart of the Triduum is the cross of Jesus Christ, the indispensable means by which God's judgment is made known. St. Paul salutes the cross and glories in it as he sings of the health, life, and resurrection it contains, the salvation and liberation we receive through it. The creative power Paul ascribes to Christ crucified is remarkable, so much so that we may wonder what he sees that we might be missing. Tonight, as God begins to unfold the great tapestry of his salvific work before us, we should see that it is the Lord God who is fighting for us. Like the Israelites at the Red Sea, we have only to be still and behold the mighty power of God. Yet if our Lord's triumph is so complete, why do we continue to submit ourselves to sin's heavy yoke? When theologians speak of sin as disordered desire, they point us toward a great truth. Man desires the good. No one desires what is bad or evil. Sin is the confused pursuit of the good. For example, we may desire affirmation. The devil has suggestions. Acquire wealth and possessions. Attain a position of prominence and have important friends. Christ says, He who would be great in my kingdom must be poor, the least of all and the slave of all. We empty Christ's words of their power to save us when we take them merely as an order to abject humiliation and self-abasement. They are not arbitrary rules. Rather, our obedience is Christ's life in us, so that we are united with him who is the good we desire. Recognizing his affirming presence, we are able not only to resist the tempter's lies, but to put into practice St. Benedict's exhortation to seize the evil thoughts that come to us and dash them to pieces against the rock of Christ. What then are we shown today that possesses such solidity that the devil himself will be broken and his frauds exposed? There are infinite possibilities, but I offer the following as a place to begin. Today, we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist. Do we desire to be important? Vainglory urges us to pursue other human beings, seeking connections with the rich and famous. But who is greater than God, who alone does whatever he wills, creating the world out of love? He who is above all invites us to dine at his house and be his friends. This intimate association with our Creator is the only one that matters, as the Mass itself proclaims. Blessed are those called to the Supper of the Lamb. Our participation here is proof that we are God's chosen and beloved friends. What can vainglory offer us? Today we also celebrate Jesus' washing of his disciples' feet and his giving the new commandment of charity. 
as I have done, you also should do. Are we tempted by pride, wishing to be better than others? Do we consider certain tasks beneath us? Jesus girds himself with a towel and performs the work of a slave. If nothing is beneath the dignity of God, how can we make such a claim? Our Lord and Master refused no abasement, kneeling before us to wash our feet. Why should we not rejoice to imitate him? A final aspect of today's celebration is the institution of the priesthood. Here we discover that despite God needing nothing from us to accomplish his will, he has judged it fitting that we should have a role in our own redemption. Does the devil taunt us with our weakness? How much more fitting, then, that his fall should come by the hand of man? It is Jesus the God-man who pioneers Satan's defeat, but he invites us to share in his work. We all have our own proper role, whether sharing the common priesthood of all those baptized into Christ or as those ordained to the ministerial priesthood. We all contribute to the sacrifice of Christ, each of us uniting ourselves with him. Here we return to St. Benedict's exhortation to dash evil thoughts against the rock of Christ. We are not only spectators to this contest, but our part requires that we be quiet and still, remembering the gifts he gives us in Christ. We participate by patience. When Satan taunts us, we do not defend ourselves. Rather, we make an act of faith in the mighty deeds by which God defends us, claiming them against the devil's insinuations allowing the devil to break himself against the rock of our salvation. Let us turn to God with gratitude, asking him to continue to reveal to us the inexhaustible riches to be found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.